House of Loud. You see, we used to be pussweeds, but now we're metal. House. Really real. Oh. I'm living this year over metal endoskeleton. Loud. House of Loud. Talking metal and hard rock with Shane Alvarado and Jason Lee. House of Loud. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. It is the House of Loud. My name is Jason Lee. I'm here with my good friend Shane Alvarani. That is me. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Doing oh, fantastic, man. I'm excited man. for this show. This is a good one because we, ha- we have a sponsor now. So oh, we, we've right. got to uh, talk about our new sponsor. We should do that out of the gate so we yeah, don't forget. That's right. Spice Dog Provisions. Uh, they are a uh, hot sauce company out of Napierville, Illinois. They are gracious enough to be our first sponsor on this show. Apparently, we're doing something right. So they signed on. And actually, to uh, all of our fans, they're actually giving a discount. Just go to SpiceDogProvisions.com and put in Loud 10 and get 10% off your entire order at Spice Dog Provisions. If you like hot sauce, this is for you. I know we are not exactly Spice Dog if you will. Well, I like spicy food. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy a little bit, uh, but this is not your typical, this is gourmet stuff. It's made by chefs. It is actually really, really good. So, highly recommend it if you're into spice. It's something different. It's not buffalo sauce, which Jason doesn't like. Vinegar. I mean, who (laughs) wants to taste vinegar? It's disgusting to me. But it has some cool uh, cool names like St. Elmo's Fire, uh, Bayou Scuttlebutt, uh, the Ghost Ship. So, some cool names too. So, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's fun stuff. And we appreciate them, and uh, you'll be hearing a lot of them. I'm as, looking forward uh, to trying. Sign on, yeah. That should be cool. Yeah. So, yeah, J- uh, Jason got a nice little gift box here. Tonight. I'm looking forward to cracking yeah. the first bottle. <laughs> I think I'm gonna do that when I get home tonight. I don't even know what if, if I've got anything to put it on. Hey, peanut butter or jelly? Just uh, pop it on a cracker and just <laughs> and do just it. Back. And just, or just, I got, I've got mini carrots. There you go. Take a shot. Put some in my uh, in my uh, hummus. <laughs> Well, it's right because you're a vegetarian. Uh, yeah. It narrows this options a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm also looking forward I, I want to know what you're going to put, what you're actually going to eat now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm also looking forward to this topic. Today's yes. topic is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, yes. This uh, is, because yeah. every single one of us has a band or three or 20. They were like, man, how did they not become huge? Right. How are they not household names? Yeah. Right? And right out of the gate, I think we should get this out of the way. Metallica, right? I mean, shouldn't they have been bigger? <laughs> shouldn't they have been huge? But you know, it's okay. It's not necessarily. Um, uh, I, I would say maybe underrated. Not necessarily. Um, you know, who's? I don't know how I want to say that, but uh, you know, I mean, it's not necessarily an underrated band. It's like maybe you thought they should have been bigger, you gotcha. know, than what they were. I right, guess right. that's what I'm trying to say. That's what I was. Yeah. I was mocking the Metallica thing. Yeah, they are, yeah. They, I well, mean, but actually, the only I, band bigger than Metallica might be you two, and that's a might. It's a might. Yeah, yeah. But I actually, in me thinking of this or, or trying to, to think of my list of bands, I thought of Guns N' Roses. What? But here's, but here's, but he, but here's my here's what? my but here's my logic. Yes, they're 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 huge. But if you really narrow it down, what are they known for? One record. I don't know about that. Use your illusions. But if you huge. Oh, no, I know they were good. They were they were huge for the time. But I'm saying if you're a fan right now, you've never heard Guns N' Roses. Uh, are what record is going to get you hooked right. on Guns well, I mean, N' Roses? Yeah. I mean, it's like Boston. I mean, they had some, right. they sold a lot right. of records, right. but you know, uh, right. but that's true, I suppose. But yeah. I mean, I don't know, Shane. I think you're stretching it on this one. <laughs> Guns N' Roses is massive and has been since a year after the first album was released. I'm not saying underrated. I'm just saying they actually could have been bigger. I think. How? <laughs> How? You've got Appetite, obviously. Yeah. Okay. And you got Use Your Illusion one and two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everything else. What do you, what, I mean, well, you got you lies got, that did okay. Lies was okay, but that was, that was, that was live stuff. It and then, was, and then it, it just imploded because uh, that's the band. They well, were. exactly. But I mean, think about if they had, if they had been a Rolling Stones or their, oh or Smith, how big they yeah, could have been. Far, the, the, the five guys in that first record, if they could have kept it together yeah. and yeah. just kept on going, you're right. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. I could it's see like that. they could have put together an unbelievable career. Yeah. I mean, you, they would, I mean, they are huge. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No one denies anything. I'm not, I love them to death. I'm just not, I'm not saying anything, but I'm saying they could have been bigger. If That's you really, an incredible <laughs> statement. An incredible statement. And then figure out how big you know? they are. But I mean, no one, there was a while, obviously, there was no band. You had everything Axel going on in that band. Axel and a bunch of hired guns. Right, right. And I don't know a single person who owns Chinese Democracy. I don't. I've I've listened to a couple of songs and yeah. I'm like, okay, that's not worth me buying. Yeah. 
it took 13 years to make this <laughs> and like eight million dollars or whatever they spent on it. And like, eh, well, but like you like lies was something that was like basically rushed out there. It's like we need something new. This band is big. We need to cash in. Right. And then you had the spaghetti incident as well, which was also kind of something that was rushed out. Right. You know, well, my, my <laughs> thing is once Izzy left. It that was downhill. the end. Yeah. How many hits have they had since Izzy yeah. left? Zero. Yeah. So, I mean, Izzy was the, the core of that band. In my mind, I could be completely wrong. <laughs> I mean, nobody's ever called me and said, hey, Jason, by the way, you know, this is Slash. And, uh, you know, we would have been really huge had Izzy not quit. Or, you know, yeah. but um, yeah. I do believe that. I mean, since he left, they've had nothing. Yeah. Since, since Axel took over and became, you know, he stole the name from the rest of the guys. <laughs> I'm amazed that Slash and Duff went back with him, considering how contentious that that divorce was it's it's always shocking well you know what when they played the uh rock and roll hall of fame induction and miles kennedy sang lead i'm like that should be the band i want miles kennedy so good he is amazing and it was like i actually like his version of sweet child of mine over axel (laughs) he's a better singer (laughs) oh absolutely i mean and and, uh i've said for years and i I, i'll believe this until the day i die that that axel rose uh exists as a singer for one reason he was all about some Nazareth. Oh, that's right. He, he took completely. 100%. Took that, yeah. He listened to Dan McCaffrey and went, yeah. I want to do that. I'm razzmatazz. <laughs> I want to do that. And he sounds yeah. just like Dan exactly. McCaffrey to me. I've had people say, no, I don't hear it. Like, How do you not? It's, 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 really? a, fac- it's a facsimile. It <laughs> yeah. really is. There's yeah. no way he did not I mean, not he's got listen. a little more range, but that's really about yeah, it. Yeah, there's yeah. no way he didn't yeah. listen to No Mercy yeah. or, like you said, Razzmatazz. Or obviously, yeah. Hair of the Dog. There's no yeah. way that those weren't in heavy rotation when he was a kid. And yeah. where was it? Lafayette? Was he from yeah. Lafayette? Yeah. He and Izzy are both yeah. from Lafayette, right? Yes. Uh, I knew they were Hoosiers. I couldn't yeah. remember specifically yeah. where. Yeah. And so, Mick Mars is from Huntington. Huntington. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So, so trying to keep that straight. There we DLR. Go. Where's DLR from? He is from uh, Bloomington area. Bloomington. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, we got so, that out of the way. So there we go. <laughs> we got the <laughs> geography out of the way. But that was my hot take that GNR underrated because I think they could have been bigger. So that was my That's hot a take. Monster hot take. That's Man. a hot take. <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm on fire here. I should wear some sunblock. That's insanity. But give me your first one. My first one off the top because I'm an old thrash guy is Exodus. Absolutely. Uh, there's no reason they shouldn't be uh, part of that big four or at least considered part of the big five if they're going to do that. Uh, but they never quite got yeah. there. Gary Holt is amazing. a beast. Amazing. A riff king. And honestly... Who doesn't um, get credit. Gary you know. Holt and Dave Mustaine more or less created thrash music. Absolutely. The two of them. But you can say Exodus really, really created. Yeah, absolutely. They, Everybody yeah. wanted to be Exodus yeah. at that time. Yeah. Everybody's like, man, look at these guys. Yeah. I mean, Paul Bailoff is a horrible singer. But look at that guy go. But he's crazy. <laughs> look at that guy go. Oh, my God. You know, he is just the real yeah. deal. Metal, and if you're not metal, you're nothing. When he sang Murder in the Front Row, he meant that. 100%. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was just nasty. So, yeah, Exodus. I mean, you got uh, you got Gary Holt, you got Rick Hunnell, who came in and yep. started recording him with them right as uh, Bonnet by Blood was getting recorded. And, and, you know, those two guitar players, both very underrated. I get that Gary ended up in Slayer for like 10 years, and he's got the respect of people that understand. Yeah. Well, he's, he's like Dave Lombardo. He can skip bands. He can go around. Right? doesn't matter. You're still... <laughs> and you're still like, man, is that guy still writing riffs? Yeah. And then 40, 40 years in, he's still yeah. writing fresh thrash riffs. Well, solos. still make you just want to punch people. Uh, yeah. I mean, the and solos, his solos are sick. Are just, just disgusting. Yeah, right? it's incredible. And I so, go yeah. back to, to uh, um, uh, Death Amphetamine. I've talked about it several <laughs> times. That I, I still marvel. It's an incredible song. I marvel at that solo. I just <laughs> oh, that, whole, that whole song. I yeah. remember when the the um, shovel headed kill machine was coming out, yeah. and every time a band has yeah. an album come out, they're like, "What do you think it's going to be like? This is the greatest thing we've ever done. It's going to have the heaviest, fastest song we've ever recorded." <laughs> and then Death and Fenomy started. I went, "That is about the heaviest, fastest song <laughs> right? we've ever recorded," and that's a statement. And I mean, you know, Piranha, that's coming at you and punching right in the face. Yeah, right. That is a fast song. Yeah. And then Death and Fenomy comes out. It's eight minutes of that. Yeah. What? Yeah. How do you do that at 50 years old? Yeah. Well, he's in his 60s yeah. now, I'm sure. They're all doing it. 60, yeah. yeah. God, when was Gary born? 60s oh, something. He's probably at least 60. He might have been born mid late 60s. 50. Probably like, mid 60s. Yeah. Right? He was probably born late 50s, maybe. I mean, uh, Exodus' first record was recorded in 84, and there's no way he was 20. Right? He was no, probably well, No, because they had been playing before. They were in... They were on the in the Bay Area, right? Probably two or three. I mean, eighty, eighty one, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And they had um, they had Chuck Billy singing when they first started. Really? Yeah. Oh, they really? switched. Uh, Zetro, okay, uh, was a member. Uh, he was singing in um, uh, um, Legacy, and then when they switched singers, he ended up joining Exodus, and um, Chuck joined Testament. Well, Legacy and they yeah. became Testament. 
And they're I, could, all, I might have the the timeline off yeah, a little bit, but there. they're they're everyone is weaved together, right? You had Kirk Hammett, <laughs> yeah. who was part of Exodus, obviously yeah. at one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's they're, yeah. you know interchangeable yeah. at that point. Yeah, you know, Paul Bailoff or not Paul Paul Bailoff, but um, Paul Bostaff, he was yeah. hopping around. He was in uh, Forbidden, and then some other bands around the area. So that would have been amazing. I but, was a little young. Uh, I wouldn't have been privy to the really cool stuff in yeah. 81, yeah. right? I would have only been eight years old. But it would have been neat to be a part of oh, living that scene. To be able to say you were from that area when that happened. Yeah. And you could say that about uh, hair metal in the 80s, punk mm-hmm. rock in the 70s, grunge yeah. in the 90s in Seattle. Right. So, yeah, it would have been cool to say, yeah, yeah. I was there. Yeah, the when closest those, I those, ever came yeah. was uh, I, I lived in Fort Lauderdale for college, and Marilyn Manson blew up. After yeah. I left, after I moved away, a couple of years later, yeah. Marilyn Manson happened. I like I saw him in a bar, right? <laughs> Many bars. Yeah. I saw him about a dozen times in that year yeah. and a half I was there. Uh, almost two years I was there. I saw him about a dozen times. It was always at a bar. Yeah. You know, a little 600-seater. Yeah. You know? And, and it was always <laughs> bigger than life, though. People just knew who who, who this guy was. You, you knew he was going to be something. You, you yeah. just had a feeling. Yeah. Right? And one, yeah. I, I remember one show, he, was, he went on a tire. He had like a five-minute monologue where he was like, you know— these labels, they keep coming to my shows. They keep trying to get me to sign, but they've got they got ideas, and I don't want their ideas. I got my own style. I'm going to do my own thing. So I'm waiting until I get to do my own thing. And then um, uh, was it? It wasn't Interscope. What was the first label that had Manson? I can't remember. Whoever signed him first must have said, "You know what? You're freaking weird. You do your own thing. We can't. We can't. We can't really understand you, but we know that you've got something that's unique." Yeah. And then they, the uh, Portrait of an American Family came out. And then Trent Reznor kind of got involved, yeah, yeah. and they had their relationship yeah. for a minute until Marilyn Manson proved to be a complete piece of shit. <laughs> and Trent's like, I'm done with you. And then eventually everybody yeah. kind of went, that Manson guy, it's not an act anymore. Yeah. He, belie- he, he believes his own hype. Yeah. He likes the smell of his own shit. <laughs> right? He's that guy because you know, now he's known for locking women up and abusing them. Yeah. Right? He, he believed his own shit. Yeah. Right? So uh, it's too bad because he, had a, he was on top for a minute. Yeah. I mean, there was about five, six years there where he was the king. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I Absolutely. saw him at a tiny club in Cincinnati in 96, yeah. just as it was about to happen. And then four months later, he was playing arenas. So it was really weird how that <laughs> happened. You know, it's kind of yeah. crazy. Yeah. So no. back to the, uh, the topic ba- at hand. Back to Exodus. Who's your yeah. next one? Uh, mine was Corrosion of Conformity. Absolutely. COC mm-hmm. was, I'm still, I mar- marvel at this band. And, it, and they were even... You know, they changed their sound. They were a punk band, really, in like the hardcore 80s. hardcore band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had their first couple of records. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had, you know, lineup changes and stuff like that. But um, when Pepper Keenan took over the vocals, they were 93, 94. Mm, right around Blind. Yeah. Well, after Blind. Yeah, was it, was, this, uh, it was, uh, what was the one that followed Blind. It would have been Deliverance. Yes, yeah. Deliverance, when he took over. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, but that was like at the height of that, the Seattle sound. And they had that, and they also, they were kind of Pantera light. Some of those riffs oh, yeah. were... Not quite dime, but I mean, his vocals was just a lower key fill. I mean, I can hear I mean, that. You Absolutely, can, you really good could, buddies. You can hear that. Yeah, they're all good buddies. Yeah, you know, and, down and whatnot. Yeah, so I remember I the first I heard him was on the Clerk soundtrack. <laughs> really? Yeah, that was what um, song is in the, the Clerk uh, soundtrack? Uh, big problem. Uh, yeah, big problems. Okay. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that was on Deliverance, which is. If you have not heard Deliverance or listened to it recently, go back and listen to it because it's just marvelous. And then, so they you never heard from. I mean, it was just they're just a band that was out there, and they've kept on making records this entire time. Mm-hmm. You know, they just put out a new single in April, not a whole record, but still, but a single. And I think their last LP was in eighteen, and I don't think I don't think Pepper Keenan is singing any or was. From East, I'm back in the, I'm not sure. <laughs> you can't keep track of these guys. But anyway, it's kind of hard. Uh, but you know, but Wise Blood was after that, and um, In the Arms of God was 05. That is a heavy record. So, and they had a couple more in between there. But the first were, time I saw them uh, was at the same play, the same club oh, really? that I saw Manson at <laughs> yeah. in Cincinnati. I guess it's not really club Bogarts. Yeah. It's like 1,800 seats. Okay, uh, or not even seats. 1,800 people get yeah. in there. It's it's a big bar, I guess. Um, and I saw COC in 97, summer 97, with Drain STH and Machine Head. And it happened oh. to be Pepper's birthday. And uh, they ended up bringing out a cake and singing yeah, a happy yeah. birthday. And that was cool. And uh, that was the, uh, I mean, I knew who they were. Yeah. But seeing them live. I've heard that. Go, I've never seen them, but I've heard they're a great I had to go band. find their stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, when we were leaving, I'm like, I just couldn't believe how much yeah. I really, because I went for Machine Head. That was my band yeah. at the time. 
And COC was just, you know, hey, I want to see COC just because they're kind of a somewhat legendary band yeah. in the scene. And um, I almost broke my neck during Vote with a Bullet. <laughs> I did. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. man, when that hit, I'm like, I remember this song. Yeah. You know what I mean? From like when I was in college, what, 91? That was... That was off a blind. That was off a blind, yeah. Yeah, and I just remember, yeah, like, I was, that's a heavy song. record. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a heavy record. God, good, good choice. Yeah, man. no, I mean, no, it's it's because I mean, their sound was right in that moment, and for some reason, it just didn't didn't resonate. The fact that they changed as much as they did, yeah. when they yeah. went from hardcore, you know, almost yeah. New York City hardcore sound or Southern California hardcore yeah. DRI type of sound, uh, and they started going just not Southern rock, but just it dirty. Gro- it was groovy. Gritty it was rock. a little more groove. Groovy, yeah. gritty rock. Yeah, and they stuck with it. Yeah. You know, once they started changing, I'm like, well, what's the next evolution? And they never really evolved past yeah. it. They're like, here's where we're at. This yeah. is what we're comfortable doing. And I expected it because of that sound being more user-friendly. I did expect them to be bigger. Yeah. Go gold or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. And it never quite yeah. happened. I mean, Deliverance is Tours such with Ozzy a good and record. stuff, and it never quite yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer for those yeah. guys. Yeah. I remember, I go, obviously, my real job is a hockey broadcaster, so I'm going to a lot of arenas and it's like, and I like to grade the music that is played <laughs> in the arena and uh, Utah, Utah Grizzlies giving a shout out to them. The best music during oh, really? the game because I, I what I've never, I've never met the guy who plays the music only been there a handful of times. I just want to shake his hand because he plays, I mean, he plays, he'll play kiss, but it's like a deep track. He'll play, I hear play Tesla. I've never heard Tesla in an arena in my life during a hockey game. They're not really arena, they're not really hockey music. But it's, yeah, but it's like, wow. I mean, I think it was maybe Hang Tough or something like that. It's like, yeah. Um, But they played, they played Albatross one night and I about went, I'm like, I'm like, the music's playing. I'm talking on the air, talking about the game. I'm like, distracted. Did I just hear COC over? (laughs) Shut up. You know, I was like, he's my hero. You know, it's like, and it, but it was like one of those moments. Like, why isn't this band huge? Do you remember about (laughs) 20 ish years ago, 18, 20 years ago, when Brian Slagle of Metal Blade was um, supporting a minor league hockey team? No. Yeah, I ended up cutting some stuff for really? him. Yeah, I knew a guy that knew him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah. He'd like you to you know put together some yeah, yeah. like promos or whatever and yeah. play some music. And I just remember that Brian Slagle was trying to get into <laughs> hockey, so he was really putting his money into a minor league team out in California. I can't remember who they I'll have were. To look that up for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's one of those things that I'd forgotten about until <laughs> just now when you were talking about hockey and music. I'm like, oh my god, Brian Slagle yeah. was trying. And it's like God, oh four, oh five, something yeah. like that. <laughs> Isn't that a trip? Yeah, that's a trip. So, yeah, that's my first one with COC. And, uh, yeah, go go and listen to them if you're not familiar with 100%. them. 100%. And go see them live, Shane. Yeah, they're still, still what around. What are you doing not seeing them? I know. There's Remember, no excuse. Was, they were yeah. here like three years ago. with um, They were opening up for Clutch. Remember, you can't get a if, better mix. If it's from October to May, oh, I'm you're probably out. on the road. That's right. You're probably on the road. Working man. That's why I'm always like in, in June and July, Jason, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then you're like, I have things to do. <laughs> can't just cram it all in three months, Shane. <laughs> do my best. But you do a lot of weddings. I, yep. Now we're going off topic here, like we always do. But is there any metal songs you're able to slip in? No. <laughs> no. There's just no, no there's place nothing. for that. There's Not nothing. unless you get a crew, you know, the married the people getting married right. are into it. Right. No, you can't just slide in a metal song. Really? The closest I can get Not is, even a Buck Cherry song. Uh, that's, <laughs> I've actually played that for one wedding where they're walking down the aisle to Crazy Bitch. I, I was just going to say, mean? I'm sure um, someone's done uh, so that. So that popped up twice now. Uh, but mainly the, 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 the most metal we'll get is Thunderstruck. Okay. By ACDC. And that's nowhere near a metal song. Yeah. Uh, but it's a drinking song. Okay. Because you drink between the th- word thunder. And at the <laughs> beginning, when they're going thunder, ah, 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 yeah. thunder, you're only drinking for four seconds. Yeah. But once the song kicks in, you got to be drinking for a minute. You know wow. what I mean? Between thunders. That's yeah. the drinking game. And man, you don't want to be the one that gets stuck drinking for 45 seconds straight because there's somebody there waiting for a can. Waiting. You got another glass in their hand. Like, you can't stop drinking. Switch. <laughs> yep. So uh, yeah. if you hear uh, uh, Thunderstruck at a wedding, it's because the wedding party is in the mood to get drunk. Drunk. Learn something new every day. Yep, there you go. Thunderstruck is a drinking song. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, give me another one. Uh, sabotage. I knew you were going to say that. I've never, I, I'm, I got to say, I'm horrible. I've never really gotten into Sabotage, but I know you are a huge fan. Love Sabotage. Yeah. Love them. I love the fact that they started out as a traditional heavy metal band yeah. in, in 87 when Paul O'Neill came in. as the Atlantic Records signed them, 
in their first two records on Atlantic didn't do jack. They really, you know, Atlantic gave their bands time to try and find a place, but it wasn't happening fast enough. So they, they said, here, this is your new producer. Paul O'Neill came in. He said, yep. all right, how do you guys feel about branching out and doing some symphonic stuff? And they went, I guess, sure. And Hall of Mountain King happened and just changed their sound. And they got a lot more sound. I mean, they were using literal, like the Hall of Mountain King, the classical tune. That's what opens the record. And I was like, that's balls. <laughs> that's balls. You know, from a band out of Tampa, yeah. Florida, who's just a you know straight up in your face metal band to be able to do that. And then they progressed a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Uh, um, we're coming up on the 30th anniversary, actually, of Chris Oliva, the uh, guitar player, uh, brother of the main singer in the early days. And, well, I can't say current. Um, but Chris died October 17th of 1993, within a couple of weeks of playing here in Fort Wayne. Wow. I wasn't able to see the show because yeah. I was yeah. only 20. Oh, I couldn't get into Pierre's. I didn't have any connections at that time. I was just working in a warehouse. Yeah. So I had no connections yeah. to get me in the back door to see the show. So I, I missed it. And then within three or four weeks, maybe less, he was dead. So a drunk driver hit him. Uh, and then John, the, uh, the lead singer, the band basically disbanded. And he was trying to deal with his grief. So he put together this album called Handful of Rain, where he did all the singing Every single instrument on the that album. Is, that's crazy when you. Alex Skolnick yeah. came in to lay down the guitar solos, but otherwise, and I think the drums were um, John Lee Middleton. I think he came in and, and laid down some more precise drums, if yeah. I remember correctly. Uh, but it's basically John. It was a John solo record, but they released it under the Sabotage label because it had a, more of us uh, yeah. a name, and I liked that uh, record a lot. And um, um. The next album was Dead Winter Dead, and that had the song that changed the trajectory of everything. That had Sarajevo on it. And that ended up becoming TSO. Right. Everybody knows Christmas yeah, C, yeah, Sarajevo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody knows it. Yeah. It's now known as a TSO track, but yeah. it was a sabotage song yeah. in 1997. It came out, released the same day as um, Stomp 442 of Anthrax. by Anthrax. Yeah. I remember buying them both on the same day. And talk about two totally different sounds. Uh, but TSO is, they've got the one of the most successful Christmas tours of every year. Yeah. And I've gone to see them about a half a dozen times. Yeah. And it oh, always blows wonderful. my mind. Yeah. Always blows my mind. Yeah. And every single show, I, I always wonder, what's the Sabotage song? Because <laughs> they don't get through a set without yeah. playing one Sabotage song for yeah. us old nerds. Yeah. And every time, it's a different one. <laughs> every time, it's a different one. And uh, they were ballsy. Sabotage, when Paul O'Neill really got in, he's like, let's do this. And they have a song called Chance. And it's got uh, syncopated vocals, like a, in a round, where Zach Stevens, uh, the singer, he's got three different melodies over top of one another, and it's just amazing. And, you know, it's a metal band. So when Sarah heard I was playing Hall of the Mountain King one day, she goes, that's Sabotage? I said, yeah. She goes, I would have never pictured that, because she'd never heard. I, right. never, I never played the old school for because yeah. I knew she wasn't going to dig yeah. it. Uh, I forced her to listen to the more radio-friendly <laughs> stuff. Um, but she was shocked at how much they had changed. And that was all Paul O'Neill. And he died a few years ago, and the fact that they're still going is amazing, but they haven't come out with anything new. Yeah. Right? And once Paul died, he was really their brain. Yeah. And so hopefully they'll be able to... Uh, the rumor is that John's got new material. There will be a new Sabotage record next mm -hmm. year in 2024 and a tour. I never got to see mm -hmm. Sabotage, so I'm excited about the, the, the prospect of seeing John. Because <laughs> I know he was in uh, the last time TSO was here last year. They said, John Olivia is here. He's back there. And I looked at the soundboard where he pointed, where, where Chris um, um, Caffrey, Chris Caffrey, the, the, he is the leader of TSO. Outside of John, who's not on stage, the guy on stage who's the boss is Chris Caffrey. He's been with Sabotage since uh, Streets in 1989. Um, but he said, I'd like to thank you. This would not have happened without Paul O'Neill, rest in peace, and John Oliva, who is here tonight. Yeah. Back, you know, I looked. I never saw him. I was like, I'm looking for John. Where's John? But yeah, John has had yeah. to have really banked in the last 20 years on this TSO thing. But it upset him that TSO blew up when it's essentially sabotage. And he is convinced that the only thing that kept sabotage in the lower tier was their name. He said, if we'd have had a more yeah. marketable name, I could see that. We'd have been a bigger band because yeah. TSO blew up yeah. with a sabotage song. Yeah. So, yeah, so Sabotage is Sabotage. definitely right on top for me. Yeah. Love that band. Um, one, I went back kind of thinking about the 80s days, and there's a lot of bands back then, but Hurricane. 
Oh, and man. I and I went back and actually today I listened to Over the Edge, which was their that breakout album, record. That, it's that so, good. so good. It's so good. Kelly Hansen is. I mean, obviously he's been doing this thing for Foreigner now what, for twenty years for, for or whatever. Probably more than that now, but such an amazing singer. Yeah. And I mean, and you know, messing with a hurricane. That was on. I listened to that. I used to wrestle. That was the track that you listened to was, before you wrestled. Was the record before over there? Was that On the Streets? That was the one before. Yeah. Yes. Okay, man. I love me some Hurricane. They had th- yeah. Did they have three they guitars? They had three, yes. Triple Axe Attack, right? Yeah. Them and Leather yeah. Wolf. Yeah. Them and um, Leather Wolf had yeah. three guitars. I remember that. Um, uh, Rudy's brother, Robert, was one of the guitar players. Rudy Sarzo? Yeah. Really? Yeah, Robert was one of That's the guitar right. players. Yeah. I totally forgot about and that. And he was actually picked to replace Randy Rhodes initially. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Actually, Ozzy hired him, but then Sharon's father overruled him. Actually, like, hired another one. <laughs> well, I think he played, he must have played on the first uh, record after Randy, but he didn't go on the road. It's like, that was, you play on the record, but you're not in the oh, band gotcha. kind okay. of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he was in Queensryche for a minute, too, I think. I didn't, see, I didn't know all that. Yeah, and, but again, all this stuff, I mean... It's so intertwined, and it's like, there's, my God, there is so much we talk about. Oh, we're going to run out of topics. No, we're not, because it's like, you get, <laughs> once you start going down a rabbit hole, and you're like, oh, my God, yes, that's connected. They're connected. What was the Hurricane you know? record that came out around 91, 92? It, was, it, was, it had two different covers. It one was with the, the one naked woman after on it. Over the Edge, yeah. It had a naked woman on it, and then they had one where they removed the naked woman. It was just like a, a HR geek or chair. Yeah. What was the name of that album? I don't know. Oh. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> no, I can't remember. I can't <laughs> remember. All... <laughs> but yeah, I remember uh, yeah. rocking that out. But it, that yeah. was near the end of the metal. It was, know, it was 88, but I thought there was, there was, but you go back and listen to that record. It's like, every, well, everyone obviously has gone on to do different things, but it's like, collectively, they were so good. They were so I, good. When I was 15, 14, whatever year, uh, however old I was when Over the Edge came on. I remember listening to it and there was that little interlude between songs and it's the guy talking to a woman and what are you doing tonight? I'm washing my hair. What are you doing tomorrow night? Drying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but where's Hurricane it, from? Are they a California band? I don't I've know. never, I've never looked into the. Yeah. Uh, uh, I the, think the if, history. Well, if it's, if, if uh, Robert Sorzo was an original member, then probably they would have been California, because they were, you know, because Rudy was in Quiet Riot. Yeah, and uh, is Rudy still in Quiet Riot? He is. He's the only original member I was left. Say, yeah, yeah, he's actually in Auburn. And as tonight. we're recording, as I'm saying, as we're recording this, yeah, <laughs> quite he, right. He, yeah, is, he's yeah. the only original member. But the singer they've got now has uh, yeah. been there for like 20 years or something. Yeah. Like. Well, maybe not 20, but how long has it been since since oh, Kevin died? 15? He died. In, Go, man! It has been 20 years. It was because it was like uh, 03. It has I been 20 years died. since yeah. Kevin died. I, yeah. You should not be overdosing on cocaine at 52. <laughs> at that point, you should know your limit. <laughs> Stop. Stop at a certain point. And you're like, hey, maybe I'm not. Uh, maybe I'm not wired for this anymore. I'm an old man. Slave to the thrill. And there we That's go. It. At 90, yep. and yep. they had they put one out in in 2023. That's right. Okay. Gotcha. Guess yeah, they didn't have one, two, three. They had four records. Yeah. Okay. Well, without I'm talking about to me when Kelly left, then it was you know that's it, something totally different. To a lot of bands. It, it does. It does. <laughs> it does. And speaking of that, now another because of that, um, I put on my list. Same thing of the Guns and Roses argument. If Skid Row had kept together, oh, man. they would have been one mm-hmm. of the biggest bands in the world. Maybe. Because the precipitous drop from the first record to the second record was stunning. Because the first record sold six million, second re- record, I don't even know if it cracked two million. Because But it was uh, a better record. It was a much better record. <laughs> Slate of the Grind uh, yeah. is an incredible it's album. One of incredible. my favorites. I, yeah. uh, I, I took a motorcycle trip about ten years ago and I, I removed that and um um uh, Rust in Peace by Megadeth off of my off of my player. And I'm like, I listen to these so much, yeah. I can go, I can go a week without listening to them. And I got, uh, I got, um, I don't know, four days into my trip, and I was pissed off at myself because I haven't heard Monkey Business. I haven't heard living on a chain. We're working on yeah. or living on a chain gang, yeah. and I haven't heard uh, Holy Wars. Right? I was like, what am I doing? But um, uh, Slave the Grind. Perfect record. And we've talked about yeah, what I went through to we, buy we, that we've album. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, yeah. I love that album. I, yeah. I really do. But it sold a third. And if and the next record, Some Human Race, I don't even think that sold a million. Didn't do anything. So it was, boom. Yeah. It, was it was dying. Yeah. It was dying. And it might have something to do with their musical choice. Well, I just, I think it was, they were, they were uh, one of those bands were sacrificed. Yeah. They were connected to hair metal. And that was it. Because there's so many bands like that. You know, yeah, so. I, th- I think that part of it was, uh, you know, at this point, they're never getting back together, obviously. They yeah, hate one another. They're done, yeah. Hate one another. And it yeah. has, to, has to be Sebastian 
asking for more money and um, um, Dave Sabo going, I write the music. Yeah. I get you're the just money. the singer. Yeah. You're just the guy singing my <laughs> lyrics, right? You're, gonna, you're the guy singing my melodies. I don't think, and I'm sure Sebastian goes, without me, you wouldn't have sold what you sold. I'm the man. I don't know for certain, but this has got to be it. I think Sebastian threw down the, I'm the man. Without me, you'd be Jack. Yeah. And the rest of the band went, you know what? We hate you. <laughs> Get out. You were a hired gun. You came into the band like yeah, two months before you, you we recorded right, our first record. You weren't record. even the original singer. Yeah, yeah you, were, you were brought in yeah. to sing the songs that were already done. Yeah. You know, and and I've heard stories because I uh, when I lived in South Florida, I got to meet a couple of them. Uh, I actually got to meet all of Saigon Kick, but I got to meet some uh, a couple of members and actually talk with them outside of the band. Yeah. You know, just got to meet them through some other people that knew them kind of thing. And the rumor was that Michael Wagner was a wizard in the studio in 1988 when they recorded Skid Row's first album because apparently Sebastian was not what he was sold as. Right. It was a lot of work to make that sound like it did. Yeah. I don't know for certain, but I've seen him live and he sounds good. Yeah. But he doesn't sound as amazing as he did and you know well the records the yeah. first record yeah, yeah, right yeah and second record even oh my yeah. god monkey business get out of here <laughs> that, whole, that whole record man but so, yeah yeah i mean i put them in that category as the same things like they could have been huge if yeah, they had absolutely if that level of quality had kept up for three or four or more records right? i think they could have soldiered through the the hatred for the hair metal bands and could have came out the other side yeah so. if you just stick to stick it out yeah. eventually you become an old guard yeah Ask King Diamond about that. Yeah, yeah. I saw him play in front of 150 people. Now, can he still sing? Can he still? Oh, bring he's it? great live, and he brings his wife out to hit the yeah. to help with the harmonies. Right, <laughs> his wife is with. He's been with her forever, and yeah. she comes out. And she she helps with some of the high stuff and helps, but he hits him. Yeah, he's he's still got it going on, and uh, he's great. But I saw him play in front of 150 people, and then 10 years ago, I or eight years ago, I saw him play at an outdoor. Shed. Oh, and everything goes around. Everything goes around. I was like, oh my God. And it was huge. It was, I mean, <laughs> the sound was so big. So big. I, I, saw, I saw Night Ranger in an arena and then saw him in a beer tent 10 years later. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, literally a tent. It wasn't even a festival. It was a tent outside Gillis, of a bar. <laughs> Brad Gillis. Brad, talk about a guy that could have been in Ozzy's band. They yes. offered it to him. Yeah. He, he recorded Speak of the Devil yeah. with Ozzy, but he's like, I'm going to stick with my band. Probably worked out better for him. Maybe not in the historical long run, but at first, I mean, Night Ranger blew up with uh, with um, uh, Midnight Madness. That album exploded. Yeah, you know, don't tell me you love me, yeah. and Sister Christian. I mean, that made him a lot of money. So you know, who knows if that was a good decision or not? <laughs> it really depends on whether. Well, I, it really depends on how you feel about Night Ranger. I guess that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I love Night Ranger. I will say the that. Great live yeah. I saw well, for the first I have time. To, I've seen him several times live. I saw that's him like a band five years that. Ago. It's one of those bands that if they're coming to town. I'm going to go see them because they're just they're just fun. They're just yeah. they're just great. But and, and Jack Jack is an amazing singer. Yeah, amazing singer. He yeah. was great in Damn Yankees. I didn't realize how short he was. Is he a little? Because like I literally. Um, I actually uh, freelanced for him. I actually was a camera operator. I oh, was, really? Yeah. Yeah, because they needed camera people. Um, so that's one thing I used to do back when I was in my 20s. And I, I, I worked with uh, Night Ranger. I worked with Quiet Riot back when Kevin was. And Kevin is like 6'6". I didn't know Is that. he really? He was huge. I had no idea. Yeah, I peed next to him. That's like, that's why <laughs> literally we shared urinals. Yeah. So anyway. But, so did you take a peek? Uh, I did not. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you brought up the fact that you were peeing next That's to them. That's true. Like, you know, hey, do you but, have a sword fight? You know? <laughs> Crossing streams. All right. <laughs> but no, Jack Blades was, I mean, a little short guy. Uh, I also... How do you play a bass if you're little? Because your hands... Yeah, no, he's a, just a little... That bass is about as big as he is. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, Peter Frampton. I worked with Peter Frampton. Mm-hmm. Another another very small guy. Uh, I think I pee next to him too. We, we, the crew and the, and the, and the, and the, the attractions were sharing the same bathroom. These yes, are your was, stories now. These, these are my stories. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but other bands, like, well, like, and change all about whipping his stuff out next to a guy. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that you're just like, I just want to whip my stuff out next to a dude. What, what, That's what I'm hearing. What, what Milton Burl used to say, I used to pull out enough just to win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even want to get into that. But anyway. But, we digress. Yes. Uh, but I, I, I work with other bands. I see here I did. Well, my one claim, well, we're off topic now, but one big claim to flame is that I, I can't to, to cl- claim to flame. Thank you. Claim to fame. <laughs> it's been a long day. Uh, 
Fame. There we go. Uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Okay. Okay. I did. Uh, I, I was hired to do a video for them for performance because they needed video of them to be sent off to the Simpsons to be animated. Oh, that is one of my favorite Simpsons episodes. So I was oh. the guy who shot the video <laughs> really? that went at, to Korea <laughs> for them to be animated. I love that episode when Homer's just yelling at him, get to the chorus! Yeah. Take care of business! <laughs> get to the chorus! We have new stuff. <laughs> Take care of business! <laughs> it's great. I love it. So yeah, Bachman Turner Overdrive was was one, and that's yeah. So I got to do that, and uh, but interesting. Casey and the Sunshine Band, not metal. Uh, no, yeah, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, not metal, uh, not metal at all. Uh, uh, what was uh, Charles Negron? No, that Is was that Blood, Sweat, and Tears. No, that's that's Three Dog Night. That's right. God, yeah, I, 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 those yeah. two in my brain, I can't yeah. keep them straight. I can't. <laughs> they are the same band in my brain. I know that they're not the same. Yeah, they're not. But you know, what are you yeah. gonna do? So, but anyway, back to, back to the topic. All right. You, you, next. My next band, this is probably a band you've maybe never even heard of. Obsession. No. Well, I've heard of them. But you've heard of them? Of them, I believe. Most people have never even or, heard of them. Or maybe them. I'm thinking, of, what was it? Obsession? Maybe I'm thinking There's of obituary or something like might that. Might be. Maybe Obsession is out of Hartford, uh, okay. or I'm sorry, New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, they were a band that was too pretty for the thrash guys and too heavy for the glam scene. I'm thinking of Possessed, not Obsessed. Oh, Possessed is a completely there different There we go. Yeah, oh, that's, man. That, that's uh, San Francisco. They created yeah. death metal. Yeah, yeah. They, they literally invented yeah. death metal. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't sound they, right. <laughs> death, I didn't bring in any death metal bands because... Well, that's... Uh, you're again, never going to get bigger They're, they're never going to be bigger. You're never going to get bigger than a certain <laughs> yeah. level. You know, Cannibal Corpse, they're as big as they're going to be. Yeah. Right? So, uh, but yeah, Obsession out of um, uh, New Haven, Connecticut, um, The their biggest claim to fame is that their singer's name is... Uh, well, not his name, but the, their singer is Mike Vissera. He ended up singing for uh, Loudness for a couple of records okay. on the Prowl and uh, Soldier of Fortune. Is he Japanese? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> he was their singer for a, a couple of records, uh, a live one as well. Uh, and he was with Ingve for about three or four records, uh, Seventh Sign being one of them that I can think of off the top of my head. Just uh, one of those type of singers that you would picture. Yeah, yeah. They, they would sing with Ingve Malmsteen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, power metal-y type of singer. Um, but um, Bruce Vitale and Art Mako, the guitar players in Obsession, they played... On Martial Law, their first rec- their first EP, Scarred for Life, just amazing. And um, um, how am I doing this? Um, Methods of Madness. Old. That's how Methods we're doing of it. Madness. <laughs> Methods of Madness. And they are amazing guitar players. Back and forth, just beautiful. Never to be heard from again after the band broke up in 89 or 90, whenever yeah. that happened. Mike Vassar has gone on to have a few Obsession records since then. Those two guys are not part of it. Uh, but Mike Vassera, he's also a producer of of, uh, of great success. He has probably made his most money in Japan. He is the producer of an album that was released like 10 or 12 years ago where they did heavy metal versions of anime songs, like anime <laughs> themes. And he had people like Al Petrelli and Zach Wilde and really? people like that to come yeah. over. And it was all instrumental. And yeah, it yeah. sold like crazy. It was the number one record in Japan at one time. And he was the producer on that. So he's made his money quietly. He's got a, a, two production studios, one in Nashville and another one somewhere else, maybe back in <clears throat> Connecticut. So he's done well in the on a background scene. But as far as his bands, he's never really been able to break really? through. But obsession. Yeah. obsession. If you're into um, really good 80s, maybe a little heavier than you might expect, yeah. metal, you should check out Obsession. Scarred for Life, man. Woo! Really? So good. So good. Well, I'll bring it well since we're talking obscure bands. This one doesn't necessarily fall in the metal category, but uh, if you're a Primus fan, which many people are who are metalheads. Back to Possessed. Yeah. Larry um, Lalonde was in Possessed. Yeah. Oh, look, there you go. So we got mm-hmm. a connection here. Yep. So um, uh, there a few years ago, uh, Les Claypool teamed up with Sean Lennon of John Lennon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Claypool Lennon Delirium. Mm-hmm. Two records. It is trippy. It's it's trippy as hell. But I mean, it's it's Beatles meets Primus because <laughs> I mean, it's Sean sounds like right? his dad. He does, and the writing is very Beatles esque. But it's got that trippy uh, uh, vibe that that Claypool brings you know, that in his bass plucky playing. bass. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's really it, it's trippy. I mean, it's really good. Um, uh, they had one song called uh, "Oxycontin Girl," okay, which is it's just. You know, you can imagine what it is. It's about a girl overdosing. Okay, but, and, but it's but it's set to almost like a uh, 
comedic kind of tone to it. Right. But I mean, some of the, but the other stuff, I mean, there is one song, which, oh, I cannot think of the name of it, but it's about someone having sex with a ghost. I mean, it's, it's oh, cool. the full Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So not necessarily metal, but it's got some connections there. Gotcha. Uh, so I would, if you check them out. Yeah. So. Awesome. Who's your next band, man? I, you know what? I put them on my list because they just called it quits. Kicks. I never quite got kicks. They were a dirty rock band. I mean, Steve Whiteman. Great, a very unique voice. Mm-hmm. Everyone had blown my views. That was the record. Right. That was everyone one, uh, cold don't blood. Your, don't, don't close your eyes. Yeah, cold blood. It was on yeah. there, you know. And I went back, listened to it because you know, thinking of this list, and they had they and I again didn't. I knew they were. They didn't. Haven't really put out a lot of records. They really haven't. They've just been a live act. Well, they're when when blow my fuse came out. They were on like record four or five. Yeah. At that oh point, yeah. Right. I think, yeah. I think it was. It was I mean, at it, least when three. I find, when I learned who they were, yeah. they were well into their career. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah like, and they've only released maybe three after oh, that. Okay, but they have just been a live act, which is great. And I don't, I think, because I mean, they uh, is it really, the same band that they were thirty? No, I mean, years it's ago? obviously there's there's because okay. I mean, they started in the late seventies. All right, I yeah, think yeah. seventy nine is when they formed. Uh, so they didn't really get big until till the mid late eighties, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but they remained a touring act. Okay, you know, so. But, we, but again, one of those bands that slid right into the the Tesla Dangerous Toys, right. Skid Row, even absolutely, I can hear you that. know. So and even Dangerous Toys, you can throw them on there too, but because they had that same vibe to them, right? Uh, so I threw them on there because wow, it's like wow, they're still doing it, and they not are, anymore. Yeah, they just they just they just <laughs> called it a career after you know. 40 yeah, I saw plus it was years. like a week or two. Yeah, ago. yeah. So no, I put them on the list because like wow, and you go back and I listen to a couple of records like. Yeah, you know what? They should have been a little bit bigger. You yeah, know, they were than what they almost, were. They were a good you know, band. Almost. Yeah. Right on the cusp. Yeah. You know, I think Death Angel was right there. Death Angel should have been bigger. Um, but, and it's they were well, like user friendly threat. But all of those Exodus, Testament, Overkill, Death Angel, they did not go Metallica or Megadeth route. They Death Angel much did. They they did. Yeah. Uh, Act three had a couple of acoustic ballads on it. And well, and I guess Testament tried too. They yeah. had Souls of Black. Yeah, yeah, you know, I they guess had, so. You know, they, they, hit, they, they attempted it, but were really crappy at it. So they yeah, just went back. I don't to know about crappy. Thing. Just it didn't it didn't register for, uh, as many people as they had hoped. Yeah, Atlantic was really bad. They really, really were hoping that Testament was going to explode. And had had the ritual come out in 1990 instead of 1992, right? I think yeah. that that um, uh, Return to Serenity would have been a monster hit, monster hit for Testament. But yeah, they shot. They should have been bigger. They're yeah. doing quite well for them. They are definitely. I would say if there's a top five, they are number five in yeah. thrash. Yeah, well, hands down. There's, I mean, Exodus can't touch them. Overkill can't touch them. I think that Testament, as far as being uh, a, a big band now, they're bigger than they've probably ever been. Yeah, because again, old old guard. They've stuck around. They've done it long enough and consistently enough that people are like, these guys are right on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but with Death Angel, they were, I mean, they were right there. With Act 3, they were really pushing the radio-friendly, you know, user-friendly thrash. And they were going to open for the Clash of the Titans tour with Slayer, Anthrax, and Megadeth. And that was going to be huge for them. That was, the, that was the culmination of everything thrash had been trying to do for a decade. Yeah. And it was an arena tour. And they were going to open for them. And then they had a horrific bus accident yes. that almost killed a couple of members yeah. of the band, and they called it quits. And it right as it was about to happen. And since they've come back in, you know, yeah. since '03, they've had some incredible albums, amazing records. I love Death Angel, one of my top bands ever. Uh, but it's just past the time of selling a lot of records now. It's just never going to yeah. happen. It's never going to happen, especially since they've gotten they're more thrash now than I think they've been <laughs> since 1987. You know, Ultraviolence came out and they were kids. Not one of the members was uh, over 20. And their drummer, uh, Andy, he was 14 when Ultraviolence was recorded. And here's another tidbit about uh, Death Angel. Their uh, demo, Kill is One, was produced by Kirk Hammett. So that's just a little tidbit, tidbit for you. Just keep that in your it's brain. It's a gem, man. Yeah, yeah. keep that in your yeah. brain. So yeah, Death Angel absolutely should have yeah, been I mean, much that's, bigger. Yeah, I mean, that's another topic for another show. It's like, what obscure connections do people have to records? I mean, if you think of all the people who's played on Ozzy Records, it's yeah. insane. And if you did, what, what, Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon with, right. what, with take Rudy Sarzo, you know? Right. <laughs> I don't know how Ozzy about. ended up getting Bob Daisley back in the band uh, because of how terrible the divorce was with them. 
basically stealing his music. Like Sharon and Ozzy just stole Bob Daisley's music yeah. and, and said, Ozzy wrote all these songs. Bob's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> these existed for years before I joined your band kind of yeah. thing. Uh, and then they somehow got him back to write one of the most iconic bass lines in metal, the No More Tears bass line. That's Bob Daisley. Yeah. I don't know how they got him back. <laughs> I have no idea because since then, he sued them again because of you know nefarious ways. Jakey Lee, when he got done recording Bark at the Moon, Sharon showed up and says, this is a piece of paper you signed that says that Ozzy wrote all that music. And Jake's like, these are my songs, yeah. especially Bark at the Moon. That's my song. Like, well, either that or you're not in the band anymore. I And he felt like he had no choice. I think I'd have told him to shove it up their ass. <laughs> said, you can't have my songs. Yeah. Make which, a new record. But asshole. we don't know at the end of the day what 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 check was scratched. <laughs> right. I'm sure they paid you know, him handsomely. I'm but, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. he. he you know, uh, uh, he says that, you know, if he could, he'd take all those songs back. He, yeah. The, uh, the Ultimate Sin stuff. He's particularly proud, uh, proud of the songs that he wrote for Ultimate Sin. And again, no, he and Lee Kerslake got complete. Uh, he, Lee Kerslake and Bob Daisley, all three of them collectively got just railroaded by Ozzy because they had, you know, they, yeah. the, the name and the money. And like, either you do this or you're not in the band. <laughs> what do you want to do? You want to go back to playing clubs or do you want to travel the world? Uh, and I'm sure he went. Well, and, that, and that's, I mean, Axel did that with Guns N' Roses. We talked about that. They held them hostage. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you can, the list go, well, well, Journey, you know, not very metal, but we all love Journey. What do you mean, very, not metal? <laughs> okay, it's not metal. <laughs> but I everyone love me loves some Journey. But everyone loves Journey, is my point. I love point. me some Journey. You know, they're arguing. You know, right. they don't even talk to each other, I don't think, and they're right. about to embark on their 50th anniversary. Now, since you brought up Journey, and it's not metal, but if you want to see a guitar player that loves to hear himself play guitar, go see a Journey concert. <laughs> I did not realize until 2009 when I saw them for the first time that Neil Sean spends two hours playing guitar solos constantly. <laughs> you don't realize that the rhythm guitar is just him playing solos. Yeah. I mean, you just watch he's constantly playing solos. Like, man, this guy is just going off. And I mean, I knew how good he was. Yeah. But seeing it live, really, yeah. you know, it's like, wow, this guy is really good. Not metal. Again, we're way again, on top of this. Yeah, but uh, uh, but again, we're it's all connected because, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of metal bands listen to Steve Perry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm still, yeah. So. How would you feel about uh, Fate's Warning being on that list? I, that was, I, mean, I knew that was going to be on your list. I didn't put them on mine, but I knew he would, they were going to be on yours. I love that band. Yeah. And they, they just never were able to do it. Yeah. They basically created the progressive, progressive yeah. metal. Yeah. And then Dream Theater are the kings. Without question, they're the kings of that. Queensryche kind of dabbled in that a little bit, but they definitely, by the time uh, Empire came out, they were done with that. Yeah. You know what I mean, they weren't doing that stuff anymore. But Fate's Warning stayed true. And at one time, about 15, 20 years ago, Fate's Warning, Queensryche, and Dream Theater toured together. They didn't come here. I <laughs> wanted to see that concert so bad. So bad. But yeah, Fate's Warring, uh, even the John Arch stuff, the uh, the Wake and the Guardian and and uh, Night on Brocken, that stuff is great. John's not as good a singer. Once I got Ray Alder come, came in and he did No Exit, they were a different level of amazing. And that me. was and that was a band that it just never they just never landed a hit. I mean, it's like nope. it's like and they were deep into the end of the you know late 80s early 90s they just i think if they had had that one radio friendly hit they well they been, tried yeah there was oh, a couple sure. of records in the early 90s yeah. uh once parallels and and perfect symmetry were happening they were really trying but it just didn't resonate it didn't happen and, it, and what happened is they thought that they were going to get a whole new group of fans to follow them with their old fans and what happened is they didn't get the new scene and they alienated the old scene and they ended up becoming an even less successful band yeah. by trying to become more successful. Yeah. And Jim, Jim Atheos just said, Fate's Warning is done. I'm not writing any more music, so no more Fate's Warning. So Ray is like, uh, I'm a singer. I know I got nothing else I can do. So he's out trying to do solo stuff, but it's never going to... That's even going to sell less than Fate's Warning, which has got to <laughs> be disheartening uh, because that guy is such a great singer, such yeah. an amazing voice. He's 55 years old. And he's still singing like he was 18. Yeah, there are so many guys who are still doing it and it's like, how are you doing this? You know, and what are you going to do, though? You're going to go, go <laughs> yeah. greet people at a Walmart? Yeah. You know what I mean? At a certain point, you're 35 years yeah. into a career. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. What else can I do? Yeah. You know, if I was to get fired from radio, what else am I going to do? Yeah. I got no other skills. <laughs> I can flap my gums, man. That's what I can do. I can flap my gums. I don't know what, I, I don't know what I'd do. Well, we will for sure, I think we'll have to make another episode because I still have plenty of names on this list. And we'll. Yeah. I mean, we're, oh my God, we're 45 minutes in. Right? <laughs> 
Maybe longer? <laughs> wow, okay. But, well, let's rapid fire. We don't have to talk about them, but we'll maybe okay. discuss them. Do you, I have got, well, we'll talk. We'll definitely talk about this band coming up, Fastway. Absolutely. One of my favorite all-time <laughs> bands. Yep. But, and really, again, only for maybe a couple records, but they got back together. Well, not got back together. Again, it was some iteration of this band. I want to say 2011, put out this amazing record. No one heard. No one bought it. Right. No one, but it's still just... <laughs> but Fastway's on there. Ugly Kid Joe is on Ugh. there. Which you know Ugh. what? I get that reaction from Ugh. so many people. <laughs> and they sold a million records, right. so you can't you can't possibly put throw them in there, Shane. You can't. They were as big as they possibly could they have were. been with the joke that they were. Having said that, um, their lead singer is the real deal. Whit Crane is. Whit yeah. Crane is a cool dude. Yeah, Whit Crane was supposed to be an Anthrax. Was he really? Yeah, he he auditioned before they they. I, they I, got John. I, I think he. I want to say maybe he played some shows. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think as an as as a tryout, and then they eventually he's went done with John some Bush. hardcore stuff with yeah. some other bands, and he's got some real pipes. I just did not like Ugly Kid Joe. <laughs> I just didn't. It's did too you, much of a joke. But have you heard any of the, the the newer stuff? No. Okay. Stairway to Hell. You didn't hear that record. No. No. Okay. I would, it was too, too much of a joke. I would to try. Me. Well, Stairway. Well. Wit is actually trying to sound just like Bon Scott in those records. Oh, really? In the new records. Okay. He's trying to be a clone, <laughs> which is fine. But I always enjoyed Ugly Kid Joe. Um, Body Count, I will die on that hill. They're coming out with a new record with Ice-T. It's a different, obviously, it is a different perspective when it comes to lyrically. But, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, Dave Mustaine has played on their records. Their music's great. Yeah. They, you good know. metal band. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Ice T isn't. I mean, what a what a captivating front man. Yeah, he really is. Uh, I'm gonna throw uh, Armored Saint in there. Absolutely. Oh God, God Armored yeah. Saint. Yeah, Flotsam and Jetsam. Yes, 100. Um, percent I'm trying to think of uh, another band. Those are the. That's my list. I'm done with my list at oh, this point. Living Color. I see. They sold a lot of records. Right. Can, but it, it goes back to my thing. They had the one big record. That's true. If they could have put strung together three or four, that's the true. band that could have withstood. They weren't a hair band. They were their own right. thing. They were their own genre. I almost. will be going to see them next year with Extreme. They're hitting well, the road with Extreme. We could have been there in August, but someone had to do something else. <laughs> I don't know who that party was. One of us was busy. One of us was busy. One of us was completely free. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to hopefully see that show next year. All right. you know, I want to well, hear Corey Glover sing. Hopefully I will too. Awesome. <laughs> so, so anyway, anyway we'll yeah. wrap that up. Remember, Spice Dog Provisions, they are a new sponsor. Check them out, SpiceDogProvisions.com. Get a discount, loud 10, 10% off your entire purchase, and that's the show. We're moving on the next Sweet. one, brother. All right, stay heavy, brother.